time for Overlook Stocks. Let's bring in our contributor, George Tillis from Salt Lake, as we assess three movers that went overlooked in today's session. George, uh, liquidity services is uh, not the Fed's moniker, okay? Uh, it's actually a company. There we go. I got to chuckle out of you, George. This is an e-commerce connected stock that you've put on our radar before. It had another double digit percent move today. What are you looking at? What is it? Remind us. Yeah, it's not the Fed liquidity services. We know they're always going to be there. OJ, right. they don't need a like special entity. Markets and everybody. They do that all in house. Yeah, liquidity services. Yeah, this one's a different story altogether. Effectively, I'm going to call it the eBay of businesses or business inventory because it's an online auction marketplace, much like eBay. It manages and sells inventory and equipment for uh, for, for small businesses. But uh, if you ever return something at the store. Uh, questions are where do those returns go and this is what liquidity service does it actually uh, provides services like return to vendor return management authorization refurbishment and recycling of uh, products uh, as well as uh, other segments uh, it does retail supply chain capital asset group it does valuation of, uh, of business inventory assets governments as well if you if the governments are looking to auction off um, some inventory equipment they can go through a company like liquidity services but mainly it's small business surplus. And we know that small businesses right now uh, seem to be struggling. I would say big businesses are doing well, but small businesses seem to uh, be struggling. And liquidity services is effectively counter cyclical. Typically speaking, when uh, things go awry, economically speaking, uh, companies like liquidity services certainly do provide additional value to companies that are looking to uh, to raise cash and liquidate inventory. Okay. So George, uh, this is uh, basically a way for small businesses to uh, have support for their inventory uh, in uh, fast-moving environments to make sure they don't get caught too much too little. Yeah, very much so. I don't know if you can pull up a five-year chart of the company, but it's actually having a breakout year this year. And you would actually say, why? I mean, if it provides e-commerce solutions uh, primarily, we can also make the case that uh, e-commerce growth has really accelerated demand for liquidity services. services. Uh, but overall, it seems to be having a breakout uh, year. And I think this is based upon the fact that more and more e-commerce shopping, uh, OJ, is going to end up uh, creating situations where businesses are effectively looking to, of course, uh, sell off inventory that they have. They may be uh, returned items, uh, as I mentioned, or refurbished items and recycled goods. That's where uh, the services here uh, is provided. And I think overall, going forward, because of e-commerce solutions becoming a bigger component of total retail sales, I think this uh, company is certainly interesting. Now, mm. there is some analysts backing for the company. Barrington Research recently, this was last week, upgraded the stock. They've got a midpoint target around 17 and a half versus uh, 10 that they had beforehand. Overall, I went and looked at the metri met metrics last quarter, financially speaking. It actually was down about 5% year over year in terms of sales last quarter reported, but it did publish about a 9% profit growth. So. I think what we're seeing here is a nice breakout move in the stock. And I think it has to do a little bit with the fact that it's a small cap. We know the Russell 2000 has done extremely well as of late. But I think overall, the, the visibility for top line sales going forward is expected to be profitable uh, or higher relative to where it was last year versus a contraction. And then EBITDA margins are also expected to improve. Okay. So, George, uh, there's some good fundamental underpinnings. And, of course, the broader trend right now where this company has really been able to demonstrate their value proposition. It seems like as more and more businesses move to an online storefront, like we saw for Shopify and other trades, that this is something that could really meaningfully change their baseline and their uh, sort of floor going forward as a stock. So obviously it's 
literally vertical right now. Uh, so be careful for anyone that's you know getting long. It's, it might yeah. be worth uh, you know being uh, wary after such a move. But it does seem like also it doesn't really strike me or, or it doesn't sound like from your interpretation of absurd egregious bubble. It seems like the company finally was uh, getting the credit that it deserved basically for the what it um, supplies. So let's keep going, George. Another company that you got on your list today is a software stock that's very much overlooked in uh, enterprise uh, uh, cloud. Uh, the company is To You, which I can't ever, I can always, uh, I always have to read this in the Seinfeld. To You, top of the muffin to you, George. But how come this never gets any attention? How come there's no love for the stock? Well, yeah, it's a good question. So To You, this is uh, an education stock. We've actually talked about some of the online education companies in the last year, companies like Learn or K-12, symbol Learn. But To You is interesting. It's, it's essentially an education uh, technology services company. It's cloud-based, so it's a software as a service name. Uh, it basically provides learning technology, live class application. We know that these are in high demand now because of the pandemic. They also are a platform for content development and marketing. So what I've discovered here, it's not just a software. It seems to be a company that's completely vertically integrating sort of an all-in-one platform, which I mentioned just a moment ago. It's, it's not just a learning technology, it's live class application, content development, and marketing. And so I think that's where essentially it sort of diverges away from its competition, which is a little bit more commoditized than not. I think overall, the, the new transform, transformative services and technology for education, I think there's a secular trend here, OJ. I don't think this is just gonna be a cyclical come and go situation. Uh, I mean, you know, the pandemic eventually will go away, but I think the secular growth for online education, uh, if you will, certification and training services. It's not just universities and college. We're talking about certification programs and all and, and things of that capacity. Overall, uh, you know, if you look at it from a financials metric standpoint and even comparing it to K-12, which is a competitor, mm -hmm. K-12 is a learning technology, does live class application, but is actually a little bit behind when it comes down to content development and marketing. And so I think right now, the uh, market is uh, providing at least a premium multiple on a company like to you because of the fact that it's vertically integrated and because it's on also because it's a cloud-based system. Okay, George, uh, up nine percent today, thirty-six eighty-three. Uh, now looks, I mean, if we pull up a one-year chart just real quick before we go on to the next stock, because it has been making this series of lower highs and lower lows, definitely departing in a negative way from cloud. So it's a bit of a kind of contrarian uh, look in terms of the space. Compared to LRN though, as you mentioned, uh, it's looking a little bit more stable, a little bit lower beta, a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, kind of reliable as that stock had a huge run and then kind of crashed here. So definitely an interesting one. Uh, last thought, George, sounds like you want to add something? Yeah, that chart really doesn't reflect it, but the stock is up 55% on a year-to-day basis. And that's pretty incredible. Now Learn is also up, or K-12 is also up about in the mid-teens. But I think what's happening here is you can see that the market is providing a, a cloud-based multiple or a premium relative to its comp competition in, in K-12. So I think that's what's important here. It's really the technology that is uh, creating a, a bid for the stock overall on a relative basis. So both companies did come down once vaccine <laughs> announcements were are out. And, and we know that some of the other uh, cloud names and some of the stay at home and work from home or education from remote standpoint were down. But this one seems to be now diverging away from its peers. Okay. Hey, George, one more for us. Let's shift over to a different sector. Let's talk Pacific Biosciences. 
PACB. This thing's been going nuts for like six months now, uh, George. Uh, and uh, what's going on here? I mean, is this another one of your genetic sequencing uh, plays you've been watching? It is. I've been watching this one, OJ. So the theme we've had over the last couple of weeks, we've talked a little bit about genomic sequencing. Uh, and this is a company, it's a biotech company, develops genomic sequencing systems that makes genomic testing more efficient. It also does it cheaper, more reliable. And I think uh, overall, uh, if you look at it, it's vertically integrated. It actually provides the uh, consumable test, which is, again is a throwaway test, but also the diagnostic equipment and analysis that goes up uh, behind the scenes to, uh, to a company like this. I think overall, I mean, the stock itself is up, you know, in the last six months over 500%. Year to date, it's up 300%. And I think overall, it's not necessarily because it provides genomic testing for the virus, OJ. This is a small cap company. I think there's a mo movement with this company alongside a lot of the other small cap stocks. So I think it's moving with that same small cap momentum. But overall, if you look at it on a relative basis to its primary competitor, Illumina, now we've talked about Illumina, in the genomic testing place, Illumina really hasn't done much this last year. So I think what's happening here, the market is rewarding companies that are providing technologies that are better. And if you look at Pacific Bioscience, not just from a price standpoint, performance standpoint, but also from a technology standpoint, it seems like right now Pacific Bioscience is on a relative basis to companies like Illumina, which were leaders in terms of the volume of genomic testing uh, they've lost their, their uh, competitive edge because one mm. of the challenges going forward for genomic testing and one of the challenges over the last 10 years has been cheapening the product. And right now, those companies that can do it more efficiently and cheaper but also provide reliability are getting rewarded, and this is one of these names. Overall, going forward, I mean, you think about the aspect of getting physicals and blood work, uh, you know, there's a whole camp of, uh, of technologists that say genomic testing will be a routine part of a physical mm. going forward. If you wow. go to the doctor and give blood or, or take vitals, you'll also provide information for genomic testing. And I think this is a company that's uh, that's leading the way in its technology, but also is participating in this new secular growth trend. Yep, okay, all right, George, uh, really interesting. And the last uh, thing I just wanna, uh, you know, real quickly, GT, but how are there so many different of these companies? Is it that robust of a demand for it, or are they gonna start bumping into each other's markets at some point? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think you're you're onto something. They will start bumping into each other. That's where you have to be really careful. I think right now the rising tide is lifting all the boats. I see a huge movement in, the, in these genomic testing companies. We talked about a few of them last week. Uh, Editas was one of those yep. that we covered and then and then revisited. Uh, they're all moving together, but eventually you're right. There, there are going to be those that are going to outpace others, but there also is a case for consolidation. But right now. They're all, they all seem to be moving together in, in correspondence. And I think it has to do with you know, the virus. The virus itself seems to have gotten under control in terms of, in terms of the, the vaccines and understanding of it. And so what's happening is the medical community or, or medical uh, stocks and the industry group for biotech seems to be looking forward. And, and forward meaning those secular trends that are mm. gonna develop over the next few years. That's what's really moving as of late in the biotech space. Right. It really isn't the vaccine uh, companies or even the traditional pharma names. Okay, speaking of which, Pfizer faded all the way down today from its early strength, uh, right. down four and a half percent. Moderna also down a percent. So uh, maybe slowing a little bit here as the vaccines actually get rolled out. George, thanks. Uh, and uh, by the way, speaking of genetic okay, editing, uh, the fish and the salmon gene editing stock you brought to us, AQB. Yes. Down about 2% today. Uh, appreciate it, George, always giving us a good heads up on companies to watch. Okay.